Hey friends, as you all probably know by now, Azure Cosmos DB is a fully managed NoSQL database for modern app development, and it just keeps getting better. Kirill Gavriluk, who is no stranger to the show, is back once again to share some of the latest updates from his team today on Azure Friday. Hey friends, I'm Scott Hanselman and it's Azure Friday. I'm here with Kirill Gavriluk talking about Cosmos DB. How are you, sir? Oh, excellent. Thank you so much for having me. It's always great to be here. You know, I think you have been on 23 times because you always have amazing things to show us. And Azure Cosmos DB is always improving. It's constantly evolving. Well, it's just one of the great things about your show, Scott, is that every time I come here, we talk and then new ideas pop up and then I'll go busy uh, and uh, we'll work on it for half a year and we'll bring up something else. Now, um, we are not in the theater right now. We're not in the Azure Friday Channel 9 because of uh, our, 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 our socially distanced Azure Friday here. But we've done something different. This is the first show where we've actually got, I think, five people here. We've got folks from your team to come and share with us. So we're going to be able to bring in some friends over the course of this Azure Friday to show us all the great new stuff. Uh, what's happening with Cosmos DB lately? What? Um, I mean, as you know, Cosmos DB is this fast, uh, scalable, infinitely database, right? And uh, it's used, like, no matter what you do in your life, you go order a cup of coffee or you buy something online, it's all transactions all flowing into Cosmos DB. And we've been really busy over the past uh, year to make it even more accessible to developers. So it's not just kind of large applications using Cosmos DB, everyone, bring it to everyone, any app, make it accessible. So we, we, we give, we uh, added free tier, perpetual, you can bring uh, kind of up to uh, 100 requests per second uh, forever uh, and run your production applications for free. We added serverless to Cosmos DB, uh, so you can only, you don't need to pay unless you use it, you only pay per, for requests when you actually send them to Cosmos DB. Lots of exciting stuff. And today I wanted to bring some of my friends to share all these uh, wonderful investments. Um, I, can, I think our first topic is Gal is going to talk to us about the exciting improvements in MongoDB APIs. You know, can, you can use Cosmos DB and uh, with your existing MongoDB applications or new MongoDB applications, it's just a better MongoDB database. Uh, it's a MongoDB database. It's kind of your existing MongoDB tools. Your your drivers work with it, and you get so much more. You get this uh, speed. You get scalability. You get serverless. So you only pay when you use it. Uh, really cloud native MongoDB database for your applications. And now we're gonna bring Gal uh, from backstage. Hey hey, how's it going? Hey everyone. Uh, thanks Scott for having me on the show. Thanks Carol for the introduction. Yeah, this is cool. So MongoDB 4, is is this mean that Cosmos pretends to be MongoDB? Like for all intents, any MongoDB 4 application, any app that thinks it's talking to Mongo, it's talking to Mongo. On yeah. the wire, it's Mongo. In the back end, it's Cosmos. Yeah, so essentially the right way to think about it is as a MongoDB developer, I can treat Cosmos DB as if it were a MongoDB database and keep using the same tools, SDKs, essentially just point my apps towards Cosmos DB and treat it the same way as MongoDB. That's amazing. Before going into this demo, so this demo essentially what it shows is a really big feature of Mongo4, which is multi-document transactions. 
Before diving into this, I wanted to cover what are the main benefits of using uh, the Mongo, uh, the API for MongoDB. Uh, the first thing you know we just mentioned is that all the tools, all the, the, the skills that I, I want to transfer over already work. Like for example, I can just treat it as a MongoDB database. So I can essentially use the same SDK as I was using before. So it's very, very easy just to move onto the API for MongoDB. Second is as a developer, I don't want to have to manage my database. I want it to be done automatically for me. I don't want to have to manage my sharding. I want to use a cloud native database. And essentially Azure Cosmos DB does this all for me. The third part is that I, I think is really interesting is the auto scaling part. So when you want to have more users join uh, your app and use your database, auto scaling happens instantly. You don't have to wait for it. And that's because of the resource governance and the granularity of scaling that we can actually perform. Um, some more things before we kind of dive into this, if that's all right, is the uh, mission critical nature of our database. So for example, if you have a really important application you need to run, we can offer up to five nines of availability. So you can really depend on the database and focus on what you do best, which is developing applications. And uh, the last part, which is not really shown here, is uh, analytics. And we offer Synapse uh, a connection right now where you can just enable Synapse and run your real-time analytics directly on Synapse from your MongoDB data in our database. Slick. Yeah. Uh, so let's dive in a bit into this. So um, go to the demo. So essentially, uh, Mongo 4.0 is a new API version that we support in Azure Cosmos DB API for MongoDB. And the main highlight feature here is multi-document transactions. And the importance of this is it essentially allows you to couple operations together that are important to be coupled. So um, for example, if you need to write to two places at the same time, these can be coupled together where they all succeed or none of them succeed. And that's across multiple documents. And let, let's kind of dive into here. So. Um, this is all done in the new workbooks uh, feature in Data Explorer. And this workbook is actually accessible to anyone that wants to use, uh, that, that can use uh, workbooks in, uh, in Data Explorer. So it's a very, very easy way to jump into using this multi-document transactions feature uh, in the 4.0 API because you essentially just copy this workbook from the gallery, which is a one-click button operation. And then you can get started with multi-document transactions super quickly. So to get started in this demonstration, what we're going to be doing is first installing the, the dependencies, which is uh, PyMongo in this case. As we can see, this requirement was already satisfied. As a user, the only thing you need to do in this workbook is to uh, copy and paste your connection string, which I've done. Uh, this part of the code, uh, what, what it does is it creates the database and the friends collection and creates two documents uh, within the friends collection. Uh, one person is named Tom and the other document uh, has a name of Mike. So running this, we can see that Tom and Mike were both created. And similar to what we were saying earlier, what we'll be doing here is we're gonna be running a multi-document transactions on these two people. And we'll essentially be adding um, uh, them uh, as friends of each other. So these are two write uh, update operations. We'll be adding um, Mike as a friend of Tom and Tom is a friend of Mike. Uh, you want this, as a user, you want this to uh, happen all together or none uh, or abort completely because you don't want to have a situation where you have um, one friend being a friend of someone else and the other person not being a friend of the other person. That, that's, not, that's never a good situation. So as we can see when we run this, 
the multi-document transaction ran. It was very quick. It succeeded. And now we can see that Tom is a friend of Mike and Mike is a friend of Tom. And that's essentially a very quick kind of start to multi-document transactions. Um, zooming a bit away from that, uh, you know, we're talking about Mongo 4 in general. Uh, there's other features that are included uh, other than that. Uh, the new aggregation functions for the aggregation pipeline are very nice because it allows me as a developer to push more of those kind of conversion operations directly onto the database. So I don't have to worry about doing that in my code. So it just frees me up as a developer to do uh, less work with the database. And the last thing, which I'm actually really excited about highlighting, is the upgrade process. Um, unlike many databases where each version of a database is a separate code base, our uh, database versions across the Azure Cosmos DB API from MongoDB all share the same code base. So all the way from 3.2, 3.6, and 4.0, it's all the same code base. And that means that upgrading is super, super easy and only takes seconds with zero downtime. And that's essentially because upgrading to a new version is just flipping on or off feature flags. And the benefits of this to the user is that you can always be on the version you want to be. It's very easy for us to maintain older versions. So you can stay on the versions that, that's right for you. And the upgrade process is super easy, super safe, and almost fun to do. You just press the button, wait a few seconds, and then you get all these exciting new features. If there was a breaking change or a major version, could that still be behind a feature flag, or is that something you worry about later? Um, a breaking change, or uh, what was the second one? Well, you were saying that it's you're basically enabling version compatibility because of feature flags, but at some point, if there was a compatibility change that was a fundamental protocol break, you still want to put that behind feature flags? Um, it. I think it depends on a case-by-case -case basis, but what we would do is obviously for, for any upgrade version of a database, we'd recommend that uh, the, you know, the, the people, uh, the users test this out in dev test first and mm -hmm. obviously uh, do all that just to be safe before upgrade. You want to just go to your production database and press upgrade right away. You want to test it out for yourself before, but um, we're definitely very careful about making sure that everything's compatible as we go up and uh, Certainly. Cool. Yeah, we're not changing the decision. I think the decision is the same. Decision process of whether to upgrade or not is exactly the same. What we're making easier is the upgrade itself. It's just a click on a button. You don't need wow. to bring your, your application down. But uh, obviously, you have to just, you have to go through the checklist. It's like a pre-flight checklist. So I'm hearing you say that Cosmos DB is ready if your application is ready. That's right. That's, that's excellent. Uh, Gal, I think we should also mention and some exciting news for developers with this MongoDB for all. We significantly reduced the cost uh, of running MongoDB applications on Cosmos DB. It was already cheap with free tier, with auto scale, with serverless. We got even cheaper right, because of the, all these innovations in the uh, backend encoding. We're a lot more optimized now uh, like on how we store, um, as well as innovations with kind of in query. Uh, our and we, uh, as a cost, they brought down up to 40% once you upgrade. So, so definitely a lot of incentives, a lot of benefits if you can upgrade your applications to MongoDB for all. Uh, you, you get for up to 40% savings right out of bat without doing anything else. That's pretty cool. I was noticing that the tool that Gall was using there, thats it's notebooks inside of the Azure portal. So you were I assumed that you were going to open up some Mongo client app. 
I know that you can do that because I've moved my own Mongo databases over as well to Cosmos just by using any any Mongo studio or any Mongo friendly app. But you also have the ability to do all that work in the uh, in the portal as well. Yeah, with absolutely no setup required, which is what I like about it. You simply just go into the, the portal, click on Data Explorer, and then I can just start learning about new features and running code right there with no setup. Cool. And I think we do have uh, another friend who's going to show us notebooks and how that works. So that'll actually help me understand more what Gaul was actually doing in the in the portal. Yeah, so I, I, I'd love to really preface this with the, uh, I think developers think more and more are looking for interactive experiences, right? Like we're hearing we're hearing it loud and clear that kind of don't bring me this like uh, lots of checkboxes and buttons from 1990s. Bring me interactive experience where I can kind of, I can navigate, I can go and, and do myself um, and that's what notebooks bring. We love notebooks interface. Developers love notebooks interface. You can do lots of cool stuff with it. Um, and we have our friend Tanush with us, who is actually one of the key developers on this project that is going to show off some cool things you can do with Cosmos DB notebooks. Again, you can use notebooks in free tier. It's a free uh, database. You don't need to uh, pay for Cosmos DB. You don't need to pay for notebooks to use them together. Have fun, Tanush. Hey, thanks, Kirill and Scott, for having me here. Um, so this is uh, another way you can access uh, Data Explorer for Cosmos DB. As Gal showed, you can always open it uh, through Portal. And we have this full screen experience as well, which you can access from cosmos.azure.com. Uh, so I'm going to show demo uh, uh, some new features about notebooks that we have. Uh, so now we have support for uh, sharing your notebooks either via GitHub or uh, Notebooks Gallery. So if you open Data Explorer, you'll see an um, option to open Gallery. So when you click Gallery, you'll see that there's a public gallery of notebooks. And these are all the notebooks contributed by our community. Uh, so any Cosmos DB developer can easily contribute their own notebooks to share things that they know about Cosmos DB or any, any cool visualizations they want to share with the community. Uh, similarly, we have this official samples. These are all the official uh, Cosmos DB tips and tricks that we are sharing uh, to all the developers. So one of the cool notebooks uh, here, as you can see, is the visualization. So this is a Python notebook, uh, which uh, just shows some aspects of what you can do with this notebook. Uh, it, it can, uh, uh, so every uh, Cosmos DB account comes with this, uh, uh, free container, so you don't have to pay for running your notebook or storing any notebooks. Uh, you can uh, easily just uh, create a database, create a container without having to inject any key yourself. Uh, the key is automatically injected uh, uh, for you. And then uh, you can create databases, you can increase the throughput of your container. You can easily ingest data using these magic commands. So here we're using this person-person upload. So you just point it to a URL, which is in JSON, and just give it the database and container, and it'll ingest your data. And then you can use another magic command that we support, which is person-person uh, SQL. And here, if you just dump a data frame, uh, you can see that you can, uh, uh, without writing any complex code, you can just visualize the data. Uh, so here, we're just sampling uh, the 10 results from this data frame. Uh, this notebook also shows other cool visualizations that we support. Uh, like over here, uh, you can see that we support uh, geo uh, uh, data visualization. 
So you can map your data using Bokeh, or you can have some uh, uh, bar charts uh, and so on. Uh, so we, we also support uh, C-sharp notebooks. Uh, so there is a very cool notebook that, uh, uh, that is in our public gallery, which demos different aspects of C-sharp notebooks. So here you can see that uh, uh, we use this built-in Cosmos SDK. So again, you don't have to manually inject your key or uh, uh, your Cosmos DB key. It's uh, already taken care by just using cosmos.key. And then uh, similarly, you can uh, inject, uh, ingest your data. You can also query for it. And just by dumping uh, a C-sharp object or a list of objects, uh, we automatically just convert that into this nice visualization. Uh, so another feature for Notebooks Gallery is you can easily like a notebook. So this notebook, I, I think I'll need it in the future. So I'll go ahead and like it. So I can just quickly like it by this favorite button. And then this will just show up in my favorites. Uh, so next thing is, uh, so what if I come across this cool notebook and I want to just uh, download it and run it? So this notebooks gallery by default is just a view only uh, thing, but I can easily go ahead and download this notebook to my container. And once that is downloaded, I can uh, run it against my own database if needed. So here, uh, if I just uh, press this, this is uh, installing some uh, dependencies that this notebook uses. And then I can just click. And if you see, uh, it creates a database and container. And if I refresh, uh, you'll see that the database and container is right there. Uh, so I can, I can uh, also contribute this uh, to this gallery. Uh, so let me showcase another cool feature, uh, which is connect to GitHub. We support the seamless integration with GitHub by just a click of a button. So if you click connect to GitHub, uh, you can select if you only want to access your public or private repos. And then when you authorize, it'll just uh, show up all the repositories that you have in your account. Uh, so because I had already given access to uh, uh, Azure Cosmos DB to my repositories, it didn't ask for me, but uh, there's just one extra step, but then you'll have a list of all your repos that you have. So I've already pinned this uh, repo, uh, which is uh, where I store all my uh, Jupyter notebooks. And I have this cool notebook, which is uh, doing some visualization on uh, COVID-19 vaccinations. So let's go ahead and open that. Uh, so what I'm doing here is I create a database and a container, and then I set some variables, which I can later use in my magic commands. And I'm increasing the throughput of this container to 2,000 RUs uh, so that it can uh, ingest data faster. Uh, I found this open source uh, database, uh, uh, this data set, which has all this COVID-19 data. So I just use this uh, JSON and just insert it into my container. And then now I can lower my throughput because I don't need to ingest data anymore. Uh, as you notice, like uh, uh, this, this is like super quick. Uh, now I'm using this uh, magic command, which is person person SQL, and I'm just getting uh, location and people fully vaccinated per 100. And I'm trying to visualize uh, uh, like top 20 uh, locations. So if you see, uh, we can, without writing much code, you can easily visualize your data uh, that you have in Cosmos DB. Uh, and as you can see, US is now at about 22% uh, uh, fully vaccinated. 
So now I, I think that this is a good notebook that I can share in the gallery because it showcases how you can simply ingest data and then visualize. And this is some uh, cool data that other, other uh, people would also be interested in. So I can easily just select publish to gallery from this menu. I can write a description, uh, visualize COVID-19, oh, sorry. COVID-19 vaccination data. And then I can give it some tags so that it's easily searchable. So this is going into the public gallery, so I would be able to go and see this myself right now. Yes, yeah. So that's that's correct. And that's absolutely uh, uh, the, the primary uh, thing that we made this was like, uh, like how I came across this cool notebook and I want to share uh, with all my Cosmos DB community. So I can easily take a screenshot as well so that uh, I can get a live preview of what the notebook will look like once published to the gallery. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is how it will look like. And I think this looks good. I can just hit publish. Uh, so behind the scenes, we are doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, like we uh, parse this notebook. We try to scan for any malicious content. And we, we take care of all that so that the users don't have to worry and our Cosmos DB users are safe. So as you can see, it shows up under my published work. I had already published one hospitalization visual, uh, visualization notebook. So if I open this, now this will be uh, in public gallery. So just to show that it's in public gallery, uh, oh, I can go in public gallery and I can easily just search. So now it shows up in my public gallery. Very cool. And this is our, Scott, this is our approach to kind of evolving our samples galleries, right? It's always has been traditionally, you have always have to go search somewhere and kind of spelunk through the uh, long left nav trees to find the right sample. Um, this is visual, interactive, attractive, dynamic. Um, we'll see, kind of, um, developers seem to like this style. Um, you don't have to build kind of end to end sample. You can build something. If you think you build something cool with Cosmos DB, share it with others. Mm -hmm. All about community. I saw that he's using that to collaborate. He's looking at the data set, then connecting to his GitHub. So you've got the collaborative aspects of GitHub. But I'm also thinking about the data itself. That data, um, what if he accidentally makes a mistake or deletes it or he does something and it goes away? Like I saw that the notebook, which has the the pros and the queries, is being like you know backed up and saved and now published globally. But what about the data itself and the containers? That's a great question. Yeah, we just kind of get a little anecdote that Cosmos DB traditionally was always focused on bringing availability. If something that we do happens to us behind the scenes that your application never notices. That's why kind of no matter, entire region can go down, Cosmos DB application, uh, if it uses a multi-master globally distributed, it will not notice it. Now, that doesn't protect you from what if your application has a bug? and it corrupts data. Or what if you yourself accidentally yeah. delete it? We all delete things. I yep. delete all the times things and then I regret and why did I do that? Uh, and this is kind of exciting, uh, kind of new addition to Cosmos DB where we, we're adding a continuous backup where you can, you can just stop worrying about, you know, if you delete something by mistake, you can always go back and with granularity down to 100 seconds where you want to go back and restore. Um, let's bring our friend Govind. 
um, who will share us uh, this exciting addition to Cosmos DB. Thank you very much, Kirill and uh, Scott, for having me on the show. Uh, we are very excited to bring in the continuous backup mode. As you know, that we already have a mode in the Cosmos DB where we allow to take backup every uh, four hours, which you can modify. But our customers really wanted an ability to go back to down to a level of second to restore the data and do it in all completely self-service mode. So this capability was uh, introduced uh, as, uh, as uh, Kirill rightly mentioned, to help our enterprise customers take the trust in Cosmos DB because Cosmos DB is designed to make hard things simple. And this is one of those things which you don't need it till you really need it, just like the insurance. So there are three things that I will showcase today. One is the creation of an account. Second is the restore of a deleted account and restore of an account or a container when it gets accidentally corrupted. Cool, I like it. As they say, uh, backups always succeed. It's restores that fail. So exactly. I appreciate that you're gonna take it all the way to the life cycle. Exactly. Uh, so let me just walk you through the restore. I'll not go through the whole restore piece, but the most important part here is to focus on the backup policy tab on the portal. Of course, you can do the creation of account through, port, uh, through the CLI and PowerShell, but here, if you just choose a continuous option and that's it, your account is now in the continuous mode. This basically means that you have capability now for this particular account and all its container to go back in time to up to 30 days to, down to a level of second, right? And this is the most important capability that we have introduced. Now, let's focus on, let us say by mistake, you deleted an account and you realized maybe in a few days or, uh, and then you come back here on Azure Cosmos DB piece and do click on restore and you'll be presented with all the deleted accounts which uh, which have happened for particular subscription. In this case, I have an account which has got deleted. You have to choose only few things whenever you're trying to restore. One is the restore time. Second is the resource group. Third is the resource target account and the location. And this remains pretty much constant across all the restore processes with slight deviation. And so it looks here, like you're actually you you can never restore over the top of one, so you couldn't cause damage by doing the restore. You always go to a new, fresh resource when you do that restore. Exactly. So in Smart. this particular case, uh, we have because I was I was just creating this account just uh, today, so I have uh, I have to make sure that I choose the time when this particular account was available. So we make all these mm. checks possible. Nice. So. In this particular case, I would choose a time which is about 6 p.m. or something like that, and make sure that I pass that check first. Choose the, one of the resource groups. Provide the target account name. This is very important. And uh, so I can say target uh, account five. Mm -hmm. or I'm sure there is five or four of them. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think. So there are two few things here. I just need to make sure, as you can see. Uh, so just get those pieces right. Uh, 
Something tells me Govin did this demo before. I think you've done this before, indeed. Yes. Tried so, 99, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> so, so let me just do that and then choose the location and hit on submit. And that should be fine. What will happen now is you can track this, that as a restore is happening, uh, the status of the account will be in creating mode. You can check the status both in the pit uh, on the PowerShell as well as the CLI. So this is one way of restoring. So we just looked at when we deleted an account by mistake and we can come back here, here within a window of 30 days and do the restore. Now let's look at a completely different scenario. You made a mistake, uh, let's say, by modifying existing data in a given container. How, what would you do at that point of time? Again, process. Yes, so that's one way, but Cosmos DB has your back. So what you can really do is now, uh, you don't have to uh, pick up a particular point of time, pick up the location. Now this location, uh, this is another important thing in Cosmos DB's continuous backup mode. Now you, if your account is present in multiple locations, you can do, do restore in all those locations. This is very, very important for some customers when they want to take a backup uh, and uh, in particular location to do something else, or just want to restore that account in particular location. So choose the location. Now here is the important part. You can choose the entire account to restore, or you can choose specific containers. Right? In this case, you can literally pick up a particular container. Again, choose the resource group and provide the target account name. And in this time, I would basically uh, choose something which I would have not done earlier. Uh, so let's see. So that's the similar uh, mechanism. And very simply, you can go forward and submit it. You can do all these things uh, through PowerShell. So the creation as well as restore. As you can see, the restore requires the resource group, the target account name, uh, the source uh, account name, because you require that piece uh, for the both PowerShell and CLI, and the restore timestamp and the location. Same with CLI and very similar to the, uh, the ARM template also. So these are the scenarios that we have in place. There are a few more things that we have done because a lot of customers wanted to make sure that restore permission are given only to people who really need it. So you can go, go ahead and actually make sure that you provide these restore permissions to a particular set of folks, a particular group, which you have defined in the Azure AD. So that is also available for you. Uh, on top of this, if you really want to understand all the things which are happening behind the scenes, there is a very rich resource model for the uh, complete uh, account which has been created, which consists of three major attributes, which is a backup policy, the create mode and restore parameters. And you can dig in detail in this particular documentation. But most probably, you will never have to touch this or look into this. You will only use the portal or PowerShell or CLI if you are inclined to do so. It's amazing that you're able to do all of those things in the portal. And I want to compliment you also that when you were in the portal doing the restore, it also transparently showed you how much it was going to cost uh, directly in the middle of the restore so I can make those kinds of decisions. It just shows the level of detail that has been put into the thinking around how you interact with Cosmos. I think exactly. the, cost, the cost is very important in everything we do now. Uh, we've used in the past, we've used to throw uh, customers these fancy features uh, that 
maybe they use it for the first time. How do you know how much it's going to cost you? And if you don't tell customer anything about it, they'll find out about it six months, six weeks later, mm-hmm. and then uh, deal with kind of exciting process of trying to get your money back. Uh, it's not 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 a great experience. So this time, any anything we do always like the company with this is how much it's going to cost to you. This is how you can how can you reduce that cost. Um, for example, if you're not planning to use that account, like put it in uh, like a lot with a lot of traffic, put it in the serverless mode. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't cost you anything unless you're actually using. Do I have continuous backup features now? Yep. Yeah, it's already released. Uh, it's in preview. It's gonna ha- it's gonna go GA pretty soon. But uh, you can already use it. Lots of customers are using it in production today. That's cool. So this is another example where we've had a great episode of Azure Friday, and then I get to hang up and immediately go and take these new features, and I get to apply them to my instance of things that are running on Cosmos. I'm going to go and turn on my Mongo 4.0 support. I'm going to go and explore the gallery and the notebooks and maybe look at some of the data that I have been collecting in my on my blood sugar in uh, Cosmos and then make sure that continuous backup is set up so that I can restore in case of any kind of emergency. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Thank you for using Cosmos DB, Scott. All right. We are learning all kinds of great stuff on today's Azure Friday. It's been a Azure Cosmos DB update. All these great features will be linked to in the show notes, and we'll see you again next week. Hey, thanks for watching this episode of Azure Friday. Now I need you to like it, comment on it, tell your friends, retweet it, watch more Azure Friday.